if your eight-year-old you could walk right up to you and ask you one question, just one question, what do you think he would say? Do you ever play anymore? Do you ever have fun anymore? Come out, come out, come out, come out and play with me. Come out and play for a change. Welcome to Playing for a Change. This is your host, Brandy Heather. This podcast is dedicated to navigating life's messiness and unpredictability, where we use play as a catalyst for change and connection. Come on in. This playground is for everyone. Today on the playground, we're going to talk about building bridges. Do you know how good bridges are built? So I'm no engineer. However, basic bridges are built on the premise of creating two foundations. The foundations support a load. And according to engineers, bridges balance both tension and compression while resisting all the environmental factors. It seems to me that we've forgotten some of our basic bridge building skills. See, you can't build a bridge or a good bridge unless you have a steady foundation on both sides, which is how many of our conversations about diverse ways of looking at things and doing things happen. You feel or know or understand something in your way, and and I feel another, and, and we have a foundation in which we build connection. But oftentimes we build a great foundation, but forget to build the bridge that sits between. We worry very much about who has the right bridge building materials and and how many pieces they have versus how many pieces we have or who they have on their building team, their expertise and and where they came from and, and their background. How able are they to build this bridge and how many bridges have they built in the past? And we never get to the point where we're going to to test the bridge for this tension and compression because we're unable to move from our foundation to somewhere that meets in the middle. Language and intention is one of those bridges. People often ask me this question, what are the right words? For example, if I ask you the following question and respect something called person-first language, which is only one of many ways of addressing people, And I say, do you know the name of the girl using the wheelchair over there versus do you know the wheelchair girl over there? Or do you know my friend Sandy? She's the artist that did the paintings in our office versus do you know Sandy, the schizophrenic painter? And you suggest to me that you would prefer a different way of considering how I say that or or consider whether diagnosis or the wheelchair even makes a difference to the conversation. Then we can both cross the bridge and build something new between us, between two foundations. We also create great bridges when we share our experience with language and how it makes us feel or how we thought that it made others feel. Sometimes when I'm interviewed, people ask, do you want me to introduce you as a person living with depression? And my answer is almost always, If it is pertinent to the story or it would help someone living with illness or impairment to know that we are not defined by our diagnosis, go ahead. But if it is not, there are many ways to introduce who I am. 
I have learned so much from the families and people who have shared their journey with me in schools, in recreation, sport, and business, and from around the world. So don't think for a moment that I have not made 10,000 mistakes or been corrected loudly, felt scolded by not understanding, and also been guided and supported by people who feel confident in their stance. Consider how we talk to our best friend, a, a brother or a sister, and the way that we say things that we know about them. We know things about them and about their life that allow us to connect with them in ways that between us might seem funny or hilarious and to outsiders might seem strange. But when we are talking to people who are strangers to us, new to us, starting first by considering, what is the bridge? Where are they coming from? Where am I coming from? How can we come together on a bridge without staying on our singular side? If you don't understand my intent, ask. If I say something that offends you, please consider first that this was not my intention, and then help me to understand. But if you stand on one side of the bridge, and say to me, shame on you for not knowing or understanding or connecting, then the chances that I will come halfway across the bridge and meet you are very small, and the opportunity for connection will be lost. Always consider that the conversation in inclusion is a bridge that connects us both ways. I have stood on both sides of that bridge as a person living with mental illness and as a person who is both an advocate and works to connect more people to difference as strength and not difference as a barrier. The intention and words and actions on one day can be inappropriate and disgraceful on the next. But can we come to a place on the bridge where we say, I never imagined or intended for my actions or words or behaviors to hurt you. And I am sorry that they did. How can we move forward? That is a very different discussion than shame on you for choosing those words or those actions or those behaviors. You are a bad person. Because my likely response after that is to watch every word I say and every action I take. And consider every word that comes out of my mouth and hope that it will be well thought through and and intentional. However, you will miss in that moment the opportunity to learn something, to fall down and get back up, to correct and take another path and learn. How many people feel like when they walk past someone who is just as an example, homeless or has a disability or or speaking a different language, who, who looks different or moves differently than you are used to or with what we surround ourselves with. You see, we learn to build bridges by building, not by staying in safe places and never venturing outside. And like any other skill, bridge building takes practice and we need to cross unsteady bridges and keep our balance while trying to be mindful of the foundation. That's a complex skill. How do we learn it? How did you learn you should say please before you ask for something? Or how many times did you not say please when somebody corrected you and said, 
What do you say when you ask for something? You see, please, the word please and the word thank you, those are bridges. Building foundations for bridges means building spaces where people can thrive and be themselves. Play allows us to build great bridges in safe spaces where we can try out several foundations and and types of building materials while finding out who and what is foundational on the other side. How many sandcastles, logs rolled over water, old lumber and balance beams, toothpicks and popsicle sticks, couch cushions and hay bales have you built bridges with? Maybe it's time to try again. We can only be as good as learning allows and learning requires us to try. What if we were all trying? What if we assumed first that in order to learn connection and respect to that we first need to have actions and words and behaviors that are connected in kindness and intention for learning and building bridges, not shaming and barricades. Let's try. Let's make mistakes. Try something new. Let's build bridges, not barricades. That's all from the playground today. Thanks for playing. If your eight-year-old you could walk right up to you and ask you one question, just one question, what do you think he would say? Do you ever play?